That's good, Ross. Controversial song. I know Nicholas likes this song choice. Controversial song here, man. Controversial song selection. Yeah, man. There's something I don't know about this song. Smack my bitch up. That's the name of the song. That's kind of controversial, is it not? Especially after the news about uh, all the domestic violence in the NFL. I typically don't listen to the lyrics of house music. I just let it play. Is this house music? They're like an alt, not alt, but like a an alt type of rock. Is it not house music? Prodigy. It is prodigy. Yeah, but it's not house. I wouldn't call it house. Came this out is like way before house was when out. it came out today, it'd be a house song. Maybe it was. <laughs> kind of plays like a house song. Right? I guess so. I mean, there's like four lyrics and it just... I don't know, man. I call it controversial. Let's see how you do on this. Let's see how you're doing this. On the pull down? Let's see. See how smooth I am? What is up, everybody? That was pretty good. Swag's here with the prof. I got to start by saying I sincerely apologize. Told everybody that before the next live stream podcast from the Hill, I'd had the YouTube live up in the restream. Um, I tried very hard for a couple hours today and yesterday to get it set up. It's still giving me problems. Um, <laughs> lifting up my skirt a little bit, it actually screwed up my stream key for my Twitch. So when I go to Twitch stream next time, I'm gonna have to redo that whole thing in Streamlabs. Oh, the Twitch, the Twitch skirt. Yeah, problematic. Yeah. So unfortunately, we are coming at you only via Facebook Live. But still, we got a lot to talk about, so it will still be a good stream. Uh, it's good to have the prof back in here. It's been a long time, man. I feel like it's been a couple, it's, couple weeks. It's been Almost a couple a month. weeks. We. Uh, a lot is going on in the world of sports. Prof and I were lighting up Facebook yesterday and today, actually. A lot of today. <laughs> Thanks, Rick. We have a lot to talk about today. And I don't even know if Rick's going to be on here. So no, it's he's even not. better. I think he's, he's at down softball. at the fields, but he'll probably be streaming it from first base. Yeah, I think so too. So thanks everybody for hopping on. Before we get into the content, please remember check us out on our platforms. We're on the iTunes podcast application and YouTube. Just search in quotations from underscore the underscore hill and you can find us please hit that subscribe button give us the thumbs up give us the likes if you're in here go ahead and share the feed so that you know people don't miss out i i'm gonna commit i can't promise because i couldn't get it to work this time that before our next live stream i'll get the restream up so we do both facebook and youtube i know there's a lot of people in here that don't have facebook that really want to get into the stream and unfortunately they can't you know they got to listen to the to the replay of the show and they can't interact live, but we're going to get that going, I promise. It's going to happen at some point. It might not be before the next show, but it's going to happen. So before we get into to the main meat of what uh, Prof and I were going at this week, the one, meats. one thing that happened since we last did a podcast, Tiger Woods won the Masters, bro. He did win the Masters. And guess what? Everybody was tuned into golf again. I mean, go figure. That got, That Sunday got better ratings than like – Game seven of World Series. That Sunday was absolute must see TV because he was in it from the beginning. And it, like, so even people that don't watch golf, they never watch golf. I was talking to them about golf. At, I was out at various tournaments as I would be. 
as usual. I was talking to people, and they don't watch golf, but since Tiger was in it, I was making bets against people that he would lose. That's right. So, so a couple interesting stats about it, and then I want to talk about what you just brought up. So Tiger wins his 15th career major, his first since 2008. That's an 11-year drought. That's how long it's been. It didn't feel that long, did it? Did it feel like it's been 11 years since he won? Yeah, it actually has. It actually has, man, because like you look back on how many years he has had, like every swing for the last 11 years, I feel like he's just grabbed his back or flipped his club in disbelief that he's hit a bad shot. And so, yeah, I feel like it's going on for that long. Okay, and and you're not wrong. You're not wrong because – and I feel like a lot, a lot of people have because for the last 11 years, all I've heard from any time that golf comes on any station, it's the great debate, right? It's will Tiger win another major? Will he win another tournament? Will he do that? Right. And nobody, nobody, ever, nobody thought he was going to. Well, I think it had gotten to the point here where most people had officially lost faith in Tiger ever winning another major, right? Yeah. Uh, until he comes out and takes this one down. The most interesting thing I thought about this win versus others did you know, Nick, that this is the first time that going into Sunday in any major championship, he was not either tied for or in the lead? This was his first ever come from not being in the lead on a Sunday to win a major. In the history of his majors, his majors specifically? Yes. That he wasn't eliminated before the cut? No, that he – so going into the final round in his 13 okay, uh, 14 okay, other major okay. wins, he, he was, was either was tied ahead. for the lead or in the lead solely. I didn't know that. He was that. two strokes behind. I didn't know that, but that's Sunday. how dominant a force that he was for that, uh, that amount of time. So it's like 1997, 1996, whenever it was. Like for that a period of time, that's how dominant he was. Yes. It really, and that's, you know, when people say that he is the face of golf, he will, oh, I feel like he will always be the face of golf. Well, you brought it up when we first, like when we just first threw it out there. Think about the people talking about golf that Sunday night and the next day after he won. People that don't even care about golf get involved in golf because of Tiger. I mean, let's be honest. People have questioned Tiger and the family issues and whatever happened with him, but there's no doubt that he drives the game of golf. When Tiger's relevant, golf is relevant, bottom line. Yeah, and that's true because from a guy like me who does feel like he's a scumbag, like I'm not a big fan of Tiger, but the aspect of him being in the hunt, that's – it's a real thing. You bring up an interesting point here. That I still want to watch it. Well, you, like you, it, it, it draws me in more. You bring up an interesting topic that I wanted to discuss about Tiger. So when it comes to Tiger and the whole family thing with him being unliked, isn't it ironic how the script has kind of flipped on the public opinion of Tiger now because he went from being at the top of his game, being the king of the world, right? probably the most popular athlete in the world circa 2007, 2008, right? To a pariah, a family issue, family issues, all the injuries to being like a nothing to where a couple of years he kind of disappeared. And now everybody's rooting for him as like the comeback story. Don't you find that a weird dichotomy that's happened with Tiger? Because most of the public doesn't share your opinion anymore. Matter of fact, most of the public's rooting for him now, whereas those same public figures in 2007 or 2008 would have been against him. Yeah, and it's, I mean, obviously there's been a huge, over that 11 years, been Yeesh. a huge public relations push Yeesh. on his part. I, I mean, seriously. No, you're right. I mean, he has done everything that he needs to do to get back to the, the platform that he was on in the early 2000s. And it's a, it was a lot tougher climb, I think, than he thought. Now, here's the thing. 
if he was winning tournaments throughout that time, would it have been different? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you're probably right. You're so, probably right. So now the fact that he has won this tournament, now that takes his uphill battle. Yeah. It takes it and just accelerates the people it to the top. love. I mean, it, it really, he hit rock bottom, both personally and professionally, right? Like there was no lower. I mean, he was completely out of the game of golf for a year and a half. Absolutely. Hadn't won a tournament in 10 years, a major in 11. So, and the family life and everything that happened to him, he completely went to the bottom in America. Loves a comeback story, right? I mean, they, they love to see the resurrection and the whole bat rise back up to fame. The question that I have is, is do you think that, the, the the change in Tiger has helped his game. And I'll tell you what I mean by the change. So back in 2007, 2008, if you remember, he was a demonstrative figure on the golf course. Like he would yell at fans. He would yell at people. He, you know, he would stomp around sure. out there. And now he's the total opposite, right? Like he's a fan favorite. He's smacking hands with everybody. And he sort of changed the way that he is perceived on the golf course. And it sort of changed the way that he plays, right? Because he doesn't overpower courses anymore. He's making much smarter shots. And he putted like shit the first day and still got out of it because he wasn't hitting very many bad long shots, long irons, and long drives. So the, the, he, it's a complete 180 in both his character and his game. So the question then becomes, can he catch Jack, right? He's got three to go to tie. Would Tiger has 15 career majors. Jack Nicholas has 18. Can Tiger keep this momentum going and win three more majors to tie Jack. Yeah, man. I mean, listen, you're talking about one tournament. You're talking about one tournament where he's made that change. And yeah, it's very easy to be happy and smiley and, you know, very fan favorite when, when you're, you're winning, winning. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very easy to do that when you're in the top five, you're in the top 10 throughout, throughout the entire tournament. So we've seen that negative side of Tiger for the last 11 years. Let's not act like he, you know, once, once that, uh, once that golf club went through his, his, rear windshield <laughs> yeah. let's not act like he completely turned everything around so this weekend or the, the, two, two weekends, weekends ago at this yeah. point when he's in the hunt and he's smiling he's like oh i made a bad shot silly tiger <laughs> like no that's still a pr thing for him it okay? has to be right? let's not act like he ha he doesn't have he all doesn't the pr moves down fuck, that's right? completely like he, he has all those moves completely down yeah. i think it's kind of a combination of that the fact that he's been in the spotlight since he was like two years old and the fact that now he's a little bit older he doesn't really care as much he doesn't really have that much to lose at this point does no he? well that i think that's part of his whole new persona right because of his age because of where he got to both personally and physically he's coming back as kind of like a nothing to lose kind of guy right? right like he's just out there giving his all and and we'll see what happens and when you approach a, a huge tournament like that with a nothing to lose attitude and you still have the talent that he has i mean you're you're dangerous in that in that respect sure and i think a little bit of that intimidation factor was still there if you watch down the stretch guys were there like oh man tiger's chasing us like tiger's back it's tiger and those i mean uh, molinari didn't stand a chance yeah i mean like those guys folded to tiger so uh, but before we move on back to the question do you think he can do it do you think he can get three more majors no no i'm still i'm still on the no board okay and listen you looked at a lot of video this this past uh, two weeks of Tiger looking at all the critics telling him no, he's not going to do it, and you know, like like reading me him, him smiling at it. It's like, well, there's a reason that they they thought that. You know, like coming into that, they would have never said that. But but the fact over they ha now have an 11 year history of your tournaments sure. to look at and your back issues and your personal issues and your mental 
the mental side of things. I mean, no, I'm not going to say, yeah, he's going to catch Jack right now. Okay, and I'm going to agree with you. I, I don't he's think got he one will in either. eleven years. Yeah, I don't think he will either. Um, I'm honestly just more concerned, primarily with his physical health. I, I haven't seen him be healthy for a long stretch, and by long stretch, I mean six months, right? Like he's got to prove to me that he can play multiple tournaments. You can't just take multiple tournaments off and then jump right into a major and expect to win. So I need to see him playing continuously throughout the season healthy before I'm even going to give him half a chance. Honestly, I think a lot of this health, the health issues is how well you're playing on Thursday and Friday. If you're playing well on Thursday and you're playing well on Friday, <laughs> oh man, my back feels really great. If, you, if, you, if you're not going to make the cut or you're not looking to make the cut Thursday or Friday, Oh man, oh, Tiger's back is really tightening up yeah. on him. Look at that limp. I feel like, like I feel like Come that, on, man. Like we've been doing this for a long time. Yeah, I feel like you've brought that up before and it's hard to argue with it, right? If you're struggling throughout a Saturday and you're clearly going to miss a cut and you're on 11, it's pretty easy to to pull up on a four iron swing and say your back hurts, right? And then just pull out. You're not wrong. I mean, the the thing is his injuries are real, right? They're documented and real and his back issues are legit. It's difficult to play golf with a bad back. I mean, that's kind of just the thing. We'll see. I got to see him healthy before I'm going to give him any more major wins. Listen, I've seen a lot of guys play golf with just being totally out of shape. And there were a million <laughs> Well, yeah. But- there were a million guys on that course that weekend that you looked at. Who was the guy from uh, Korea? You I think Who was the guy from Korea that was like totally killing it. He was doing great. He's like totally looked like the most out of shape human being that Oh, I thought you were going to bring up the Tony Finau when he dislocated his ankle, but then... No, Tony Finau, like, he was playing really well. He looks like he actually practices his craft. Like, he looks like he stay, stays in shape. The The guy from Korea, I forget his name. It was... Oh, I forget his name. His his sisters are, like, sick golfers. I, I don't They were, like, know bred him. from a family of golfers. He was he was in the hunt. In and the what is day. he? Like, just like a... He's, like he's a just kind of a lardy guy. <laughs> <Lardy>. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's that's a better way to put it than I was gonna put it. Oh, yeah, I mean, but yeah. Well, listen, but yeah, but you, but you're talking. I mean, you got it. Yeah, you got to be at the top of your I just, game. I man. just don't like the. I just don't like the fact that like you pretend that you have to be in the greatest physical condition ever to play golf. Uh, yeah, it's true. You don't have to be in the greatest shape to play golf. It helps though. I feel like. All right, so we're gonna jump into the NBA because we're gonna get to meet. I know some of you already previewed this on social media. The prof and I going at it, but. There's a bunch of other things I want to discuss before we get into that topic specifically. One thing that I wanted to talk about was, obviously we're into the playoffs. I wanted to go back over the regular season since it's a very long season. And the prof and I talked about a lot of things at the beginning of the year, uh, right after the draft and then into the season. And so there was things I wanted to revisit, things I wanted to talk about. So start off with, from the NBA season, your surprises and your disappointments, right? So right off the bat, I'm going to have to eat some crow because I was very critical of Trey Young. I was critical of the draft. I was critical of the trade, right? Giving up Doncic for Young. And he surprised me this year. He came on very strong at the second half of the year. Looks like he's going to be probably a perennial all-star in a year or two. So I was very surprised by Trey Young's development. Uh, I didn't think he had the size. I know he's sort of following that Steph Curry model. But here's the thing. When you compare those two, we always talk about Steph like he's a, a midget or a runt. Steph's 6'3". I mean, I know he's a little slight, but he is 6'3". Trey Young is like six foot, six one tops. I think it's the body type. I mean, it's it's definitely the body type because they're they're slender guys. They have no meat. Right. 
You know what I mean? Yes, yes. That's what I'm saying. But they so, are, so you, I know you're a Trey Young guy, aren't you? I definitely am a Trey Young guy because I like, you know, a guy that can shoot from 40 feet. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? That's the league now, right? Yeah. That seems but to I'm be also, the league. I'm also a Doncic guy too because, like, you know, he does a lot of things that Trey Young can't, and that's, you know, take a beating, drive, and, and you know, make people miss, and he can still shoot it a little bit yes. too. Yes, and by the way, speaking of, that trade, I kind of love what the Mavericks are doing with building pieces, right? Like they brought in Porzingis, they got Doncic, which, which was the the worst trade. The, the, the Knicks I, makes no sense still to me. The Knicks, we're going to talk about the Knicks a lot actually once the playoffs end and we're looking at the draft and what's going on here. But I, I agree with you. I thought it was a terrible trade. I don't know why you give up a guy. I like mean, he's a cornerstone piece yes. of a franchise. And he's already a proven. And you, you got some talent back, but you, you didn't get a cornerstone piece. Like no. Dennis Smith Jr. is not a cornerstone piece of your franchise. So yeah, he can jump over the backboard, but that's great. Exactly. And dude, Porzingis is already a proven commodity in the league. He's so young. He's so big. I mean, he's a unicorn from Latvia. So uh, one of the things I was disappointed in, and it sort of bled into the playoffs here, obviously, because of the, the results – uh, was just OKC and Ross. Uh, you know, Paul George got off to a great start this year. I mean, actually, he had a really great season overall. Ross uh, sort of lowered his scoring numbers to kind of accommodate and sort of be a better team player in essence. But we sort of talked about this before with Ross, and everybody knows, you know, everybody that listens knows, I am the biggest Ross fan. He's probably one of my favorite players to watch, if not my favorite but I'm really getting to the point where I'm about to drop my gavel and just put the verdict in that you can't win with Russ. Where are you at on Russ? Well, here's the thing. So, like, throughout the season, we saw an Oklahoma City Thunder team that we thought was going to do good things in the playoffs. And what was the reason for that? It was because Paul George really stepped up, but also Russ handed over some of that responsibility. He kind of took it upon himself to say, hey, I am no longer going to be the guy that puts it all on my shoulders. I'm going to give it up to PJ. And he let him do that. In the playoffs, I don't know what was going on. I think there's some injury issues there with Paul George. Yeah, well, and, obviously. And long-term, that's a concern for him because he's going to be a free agent. Because in the playoffs, he was not around. It was like, Russ, you need to, you know, it's back on you now. You need to take this all on yourself because I feel like he wasn't even, he wasn't even talked about in the games. I feel like he wasn't even on the floor. No, he disappeared. He absolutely disappeared. So Jason says, uh, we're on the sixth hole with him. I know he's golfing down there in beautiful Arkansas, listening to the From the Hill podcast. Appreciate you listening to him uh, out on the course there. And you're right, Prof. So, I mean, Oklahoma City in that entire series was a huge disappointment. Huge disappointment. And I don't know. You know, we're going to talk about Durant in a little bit. And the whole, we're going to obviously then touch on Oklahoma City. and. We talked about this sort of towards the beginning of our, you know, starting the podcast about Russ and could you win with Russ? And you see right there when Paul George got hurt or wasn't stepping up in the playoffs and then Russ steps up, he, his basketball IQ is so low compared to his skill, I feel like. Like his skill is a 10 and his IQ is a three. Well, I, that's the thing is take, take Paul George out of the equation. And that puts so much more pressure on him because Paul George allows Steven Adams to be better, allows Schroeder to be better, allows Grant to be better, allows so many guys around that, around that team to be a much better player. And we saw that for, throughout the entire regular season, right? 
Well, now you take Paul George out of the mix, and it's the same team that we've seen for the last. It's just three, Russ going crazy, doing crazy stuff. Guys don't touch the ball. They're disheveled. He's turning the ball over. He's putting up crazy shots. Some of them he makes. It, it's Russ is like a wrecking ball on a basketball court, and I, I mean that. Like when you watch him, he's the fastest guy out there. <laughs> he's the most athletic guy out there. But he, he doesn't give the ball up. He takes bad shots. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just looks – it's insane. He's, like, too fast for his body. He makes dumb passes. No, what I think really is, uh, you know, one of the, – the biggest downside on Russ is that he lets – he lets his emotions take over too much. And he was, he was getting played mentally by Dame. I mean, he was. He oh, just, yeah. He really was. Because every – play every drive every every aspect of that game was to get to dame lillard that's what it was and you know what dame played it the right way he plays it the right way because he plays it cool he pl- he plays into it but he doesn't let it affect his game right he acts, and russ lets it yes. affect his game where listen this this i'm gonna dunk I'm, on you i'm going this after him. yeah I'm, i gotta go back right now mm-hmm. and you know if i don't get it this one i'm gonna get the yep. next and one I'm, if i come down and miss this shot in his face this time i'm gonna hit the next one no you're right and Part of what makes Ross great, I think, is that emotion and that drive, right? But he, you're right, he has a hard time controlling it and that, bottling yeah, it and that, channeling it. I feel like that plays really well in the regular season because he does carry that throughout oh the season. Oh, God, yeah. Which is an important part of his game. It really is. Like, anybody that's ever played anything, like, you need to have emotion. You need to have passion. You need to be ready to go. But you, can, you can't let it get the best of you. No, I agree. And he definitely did. I and, agree. And Dame played it cool and – just made Russ kind of play himself. And uh, in the end, you saw the 40-footer that fell. Well, yeah, and then the comments about that. I don't even, I don't even want to talk about him. I don't even want to dignify him with airtime. What do you think of Paul George's comments? That's Yeah, there you Is go. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. I, I didn't even want to dignify him with airtime. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, I'm, I'm, what do you mean it's a bad shot? He made it. So if he makes it, it's well, not, not a not bad only, shot. Not only does he make it, but it's, it's, a, it's an absolutely zero pressure shot yeah. that is a zero pressure shot I mean, right what, there yeah I, I don't i don't that just calling it a bad shot made no sense to me off, off the bat okay i i won't dress like russ for next week uh, dude i uh, first off i can't i can't dress like russ right because i'm fat and out of shape and russ is obviously not and i he, he's got way better fashion sense than i do i think <laughs> bob's a big fan of russ's fashion. well i'm gonna go to men's warehouse see what i can do yeah yeah i'm, I'm going to ross i need to get fitted for uh prof recommend that i go to that ross I, I meant to hit it up i didn't have any time but I let me to, tell you let me tell you guys up. something about ross okay <laughs> i went to ross i was looking for whatever i was looking for a blue hat to match our uniforms ross has some nice stuff they yeah, have i'm going under armor steph curry sneakers they have mike trout turfs they have mike trout cleats they have hirachi don't give cleats. away the address here they have all I kinds of go. stuff in I there man it's like 20 dollars. i need this stuff still in stock i'm going tomorrow it might be last year's stuff but it's really nice stuff i, I need some new turfs. but you know if you have the popular sizes there's not as much if you have a weird like foot size there's a ton of stuff in there for you i gotta i gotta go check it out yeah all right so another surprise that i had this year in the nba and again i'll take a little crow here because i am overly critical of this guy a lot James you got a Harden. lot of crow going. I, I, hey, listen, I, when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I got to own it. James Harden's numbers this year are astounding, for lack of a better word. I mean, mind-blowing. And He could have skipped the last month of the season and still averaged over 30. Yeah, points. and still won the scoring title. I, I am blown away. And I watched a lot of Houston because they're on a lot. He 
you can criticize his travel, that step-back shot that he takes, and you can criticize him running through the lane and banging. But I'll tell you what. I heard a stat about him and the three-pointer percentage made of contested shots versus open shots that he took this year, and it was outrageous. Something like 85% of his shots were contested, and he still scored that much. So he's a super offensive player, obviously. Yeah. One of the best. He, he is probably the best offensive player in the league, right? So you obviously, just with what you said, you place a lot of merit on the offensive side of the ball, correct? Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. So, again, now we're going to get into the merit of the player. I am, and keyword is what I said, I'm overly impressed with his offensive numbers. I'm never going to say I'm overly impressed with him as a player, but we're going to get into that when we talk about the playoff series and then obviously what you're talking about later when we get into uh, Durant versus Kawhi. I'm overly impressed with his numbers, and the thing is about his numbers, he's always had astounding numbers, right? And that that was never going to change because he, he handles the ball all the time. But to average like 35 points a game, that hasn't been done in what? 10 years, 15 years. I don't know. Kobe, maybe Kobe, I think was the last guy to do it. And and that was when he was sort of doing the same thing. Right. And, and look at the Pantheon there when you're just comparing numbers, right? Cause obviously Kobe was an all world defender. So they're not even a player that you can. Yeah. That's, there you go. Jace his defense, obviously that's going to come up. So you can't compare Kobe to, to Harden because Kobe was an all-world on-ball defender. and Yeah, but we're talking about two different eras of basketball. A, we're talking yeah. about two different eras of basketball completely. And people put, honestly, people look at defense like, oh, my God, he doesn't go hard on defense every single possession. He's not as good a player as X, Y, Z. Like, that is the wrong way to look at it. This is a different. All right, hold your horses. We're going to get there. Wait, All I said was ice cream, ice cream trucks outside. Should we go holler at him? See if we can get a nutty buddy or something. Like, man, I like this defense thing. It's really driving me bananas. All right, well, we're going to get into All right, that. We can. We're going to get into that. Really me so, I was overly impressed with James Harden's numbers. Do you have anything from the season that that really surprised you or impressed you? Uh, Giannis took a step forward, obviously, uh, and he took up he took the step to that elite level. The Bucks seeing the, now the Bucks overall with Giannis, and we should talk about this series a little bit to. because. There's some things that I think about this series that, you know, just based on what I just said, you might not think, you know, I, I, I'm going to predict it the way it's... Well, it's the same way I did. I'm impressed with Harden's numbers. That doesn't mean I think the Rocks are going to beat the Warriors. I'm, right? I'm really impressed with the Nuggets and them being the two seed because they kind of came out of nowhere. Well, okay. I'll let you have it. For go now. ahead. Go I'll, ahead. I'll let you have it for Please. Now. No, go ahead. Well, I mean, they just went to seven games with the Spurs. There was a freaking seven seed. No, I know. I understand that. But when you when you get a two seed in the West, and you're not expected to be a two seed in the West, the West is supposed to be this big juggernaut conference, right? Yeah, but I don't see it that way this year. We're going to talk about that, too. But when you went into it at the beginning of the season. Okay, agreed. Obviously, one, two. And, and Warriors, point, Rockets, and right? I'm going to give it to you, too, just because just because of the fact that it's the Nuggets and I wouldn't even have put them in the top five in the West, right? So that's yes. my point. It's like we I'm on board. We, we always put this the West on a pedestal and they came up big and they put up a two seed. I mean they almost took the one, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a big deal. I so agree. that's a that was a surprise for me for sure. Yep. I mean the Bucks in general were a surprise for me. Yep. Being a one seed because 
they have new coaching that, you know, that's a different, that's a different uh, development, you know, and a resident last year, what were they a five or six, five or six, I think. Yeah. A resident Spurs expert. Chris is chiming in says, don't slight pop. Hey, let me ask you about not slaying pop. Okay. (laughs) What was going on in the game when there was 30 seconds left and you need to foul to stop the game, to stop the clock, to get somebody on the line, to have a chance. And LaMarcus Aldridge, number one, don't put it on LaMarcus Aldridge. Everybody was putting it on, on him. Why are they not fouling there? Why, why are, are everybody on the floor, why are they not screaming at him to foul? Why is Pop not running on the floor, throwing something on the floor to foul? What's going on there? Uh, so I'm, I was just about to say, I don't worship at the altar of Pop. Yeah, I, so let's talk about that. I think he's a, an outstanding coach, right? There's no question about it. I think he's a great coach, but I don't think I, – I, <laughs> yeah, Chris says he's only at a senior moment. I don't think that – I really don't think that Pop is the best coach in the league anymore. I think he's been surpassed by a couple guys. Um, now, granted – he didn't have the talent this year. Lose, and you see, losing a guy like Kawhi, what that does to a team, and bringing back the Rosen. Who? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it, but you know, you you got the two seed in a, in a seven in game seven. Okay, like he did a good job. The the you know, I'm taking the better coach there. He did a good job, and but, let's not act like he didn't get something back. Yeah, he did. He did a good job in the series, but they didn't win it. At the end of the day, here's the thing. These playoff series shouldn't be seven games the first round, right? They should be five. When you looked at every series outside of that series, no other team won more than one game, the lower seeds. It was chalk all the way across the board minus that series. They should be five games. They should be done. That's a whole other debate for a whole other time. That's the only series that went that the lower seed even won more than one game. So, But at the end of the day, yeah, they took them to game seven, and that's great and all, but they don't give out – uh, trophies for getting to game seven, do they? They lost and they're out. No, but my point is if you get to a game seven, I'm taking the experience and the coaching over, you know, a team like uh, the Nuggets that they're not an experienced team. I mean, they're just zero not. experience, right? Yeah. So, uh, the, you know, I, I, I would have taken the Spurs in that game for sure. I really would have. You know, I mean, the only thing is the Nuggets are a terrible road team and they were at home. Yep. Well, that's what the higher C gets you, right? No, I know, but you know, like that's that's the thing. It's like that inexperience. They're gonna they're gonna get knocked out here by Portland. They are. Okay. So last thing that I wanted to talk about before we I know get they won. The I know that they won last night, but they're yeah. gonna get knocked out. So playoff series. Um, we're gonna go through them, but my my last disappointment for the year. We touched on it before, but you know we didn't get a chance to talk on the cast since the regular season ended, and it's the whole Anthony Davis saga. You know, he walks out the last game with that shirt, that stupid T-shirt on about, like, well, I was, you know, last for hurrah or whatever the hell it said. And this kind of stuff in the league is really disappointing because what do you do if you're a Pelicans fan? Dude, like, you're in such a tough this spot. Is, this is your disappointment? You're disappointed in that? I mean, you, you see that the league is moving this way. Like the league is constantly moving this way. Guys are manipulating it to where they can go, where they want to go. But you hate to see it. And right? this is going to be. Don't you hate to see it? This is going to be part of my Kawhi spiel, right? Something needs to change, change in the league to, to make it, you know, to make it so that guys are not forcing their way out of things. Like there's, there's no loyalty anymore. There's no, 
Sixer Celtics anymore. There's no, you know, Lakers Celtics anymore. And it's, it, it, it is a shame. Yeah. You hate to see it. I mean, I get it that it's going that way, but I don't, I still don't, don't have to endorse it. I, I don't, it's just the whole thing. And then, like I said, if you're a Pelicans fan, what do you do? You know, your superstar is forcing his way out of town. He, he, he doesn't, you know, that whole saga with him not showing up and, and, and they still have him under contract for an entire season. Like it's, I don't know. You hate to see it. What's right. going to happen with him? Where's, what's your prediction? Where's he going? <laughs> Dude, at this point, I don't have a freaking clue. He's going to the Lakers. Maybe. He's still going to go to the Lakers. Maybe. I, I mean, I have no idea at this point. I, I think that's probably, if, if I was a betting man in Vegas, that's probably leading the odds, right? But I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 you hate to see it. You hate to see it, but then again, even with Anthony, Anthony Davis in the playoffs, the you know the Pelicans aren't going anywhere. I agree, but just like last year, they're not going anywhere. Well, they 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 won a series last year they against played, against Portland. They played well last year. That him and Jay Rue Holiday, former yeah. former Sixer, a little different team. <laughs> so, all right, Prof jumped in. Let's talk about we talked about the first round and pretty much how there was no first round minus the Spurs Nuggets. The rest of them, uh, no lower seed, won more than one game. Chalk one through four in both uh, series or both conferences moved on. So now we're at the 1-4 and the 2-3 in each conference. Pretty much what you want to see, right? What we're here to see. Uh, let's start in the West because Prof was out there. So Prof... Was? When was I out West? Well, just uh, in your conversation. Oh, and in, in my mental In your state. most recent text to me. In my mental state. In your most recent text to me. Yes. Um, good thing I didn't take that dinner at Mandy's bet, right? That's okay. It's one game, okay? Uh, and they're at home. Okay, so, so Prof is speaking about the Blazers, and he's all on the Blazers. I am. And he thinks they are going to take out the Nuggets. And they obviously came up short last night, but Prof is still on board with the Blazers. Tell us why you think the Blazers are going to be Because fun. all they need to do, if they take one game, when do they play? Do they play? They'll probably play t- tonight thir- or tomorrow. Probably Thursday. Uh, they played last night, so yeah. yeah thir- probably Thursday. Yeah. Thir- if they take one game in Denver, it's a, it's a lock. Because Denver's over. so bad on the road. You don't they're think bad they on the road. any in Portland? Yeah, they're a bad team on the road, and I think Dame is a killer, man. You need a guy on your team. That is a stone cold killer, and that's what he is. He's taken his experience from last year and years prior, and he has taken it and stepped up to the next level. He is now on that elite level where he can put a team away. So I agree with you. He's the best player in that series, and obviously their backcourt is far superior to Denver's. But on the flip side, Denver's front court is far superior to Portland's, and Denver has the big man. I understand. Who Portland has no answer for. I get it. And I know he's leading in like assists, rebounds, yeah, and I mean, you know, whatever else. They have no answer he's for He's leading in a lot of things. Yes. I get it. But I'm talking put a team away. You know, we haven't seen that yet. Dame should. Well, yeah. So, but that's not really what he needs to do, right? He just needs to control the game. That's his, that's his job is control the game inside, slow it down for him bang around with their front court, get them into foul trouble, and muck that game up. And that's why I think win one game on the road, you take it home, and your other guys now start pitching in. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. So you think, so then to your flip, if you think if Denver wins game two, that that series is over, that Portland can't do it? No, I'm not saying that, but I mean, yeah, it's... That'd be really tough. You win two, you go two up. You're you're supposed to, right? You go two up, it's kind of a, a difficult... Climb. Okay, so let's go to the other side. We talked about Harden. Golden State's up 1-0 on the Rockets. Did you watch that game? 
I did, and everybody was bitching and crying <laughs> and complaining and whining. Hey, but is this the finals for you? In the West, it is, yeah. I don't think it is in the East because I, I think – so for me, this is not the NBA Finals because I don't think the Rockets are better than a couple Eastern Conference teams. So – and obviously, we have the Sixers in the East. So I don't, I don't believe it's the NBA Finals. Um, I think it's the Western Conference Finals for sure. There's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of pundits out there that say that this is the Finals. And on top of that, they have the Rockets. The Rockets are the popular pick right now. Um, I, people have warrior fatigue. People have warrior fatigue. And there's something going on with Kevin Durant, the, the coach, and Draymond Green that I want to talk about. And obviously, we, we're, we keep preluding to it. We're going to talk about Durant a lot. And we're going to talk about Kawhi a lot. Um, so game one was pretty crazy to me. Uh, the Rockets just continue to go. They don't go away. I'm going to be honest with you. I listened to our boy Stephen A. talk about that game, and I agreed with everything he said, minus one point. I think the final jump shot of the game where Draymond defended Harden, I don't know if that was a foul. I think it was 50-50. But there were many times, I counted three, in the first half where Harden took a jump shot and Clay Thompson or Draymond Green jump straight into him and right into where he lands and that's the Kobe rule and you just can't do it and it is a foul I don't care that and I'm not again here I'm going to defend James Harden I don't care if he kicks his legs out or he does what he does you cannot jump into the space where a shooter's going to land that's how guys roll ankles that's how guys get like that rule is in place and those refs did not call any of them and I here's don't get thing. it here's the thing with that okay so if we take a look at what James Harden does on a literally possession by possession basis it is his what what does he do he does that little step back right so what does that cover probably probably close to 15 feet uh it's not that much but it's a I good mean, it's pretty, a good it's a good six seven feet pretty now. close when you jump with yeah, it right it's a good six seven feet so now you're sure. telling a defender you're now you're you're telling a defender you cannot defend where he starts no it's, you're not you can't defend where he finishes. Because you have to jump where he starts, though. That's the thing. You have to start where he – you have to jump from where he starts so, or at least move your momentum from where he starts, work your way into where he's taking a shot, and now your momentum okay. is carrying you into this shot. And if you couple that with the fact that now he's moving into you, that's ridiculous. Well, okay. So, but, that's like – it's like a 20-foot – Okay, but then let's follow that through. So, are you saying, are you saying that what he's doing is illegal? Yes. He, okay. Yes. He's, but it doesn't get called. Right? He's playing. He's trying to Hang play on. the refs. Hang on. But it doesn't get called, right? They don't call it a travel. I I think it's a travel, but they don't call it. No, I'm not even saying that that's illegal. But I'm saying what the defender is doing is now not illegal either. But by rule, if you jump into the space where the shooter is landing, it's illegal. It's a foul. But if the shooter has shot. And the shooter is now kicking his legs out into you it's, and eliminating it, the area where you can land. But that's not, how is that not an well, offensive he, foul? But if he kicks his legs out, it is an offensive foul. But if but that's what he's doing. But he come, dude. He came. I'm telling you, he came straight down on three of those shots, and Clay Thompson is standing where Harden's landing, and that is a foul. It is against the rules. You cannot be standing where the jump shooter's landing. You just can't do it. It you, you can't. 
it's against the rules. And there, you, there's you can't there's, have there's it. There's a lot of give and take here in this series, and there's a lot uh, of there was a lot being let go, which I like. There was I like because was. I'm sick of seeing like you know I love James Harden more than anybody else, and and he you're he's a fan of MVP. his. I'm not really, but I'm telling you, he does these things to get to play the refs. He does, and he you know like. When it comes to the playoffs, they don't call it as closely as they do in the regular season, and that's what we're finding out. I mean, this is like, seriously, how do you defend that shot then, right? It's tough. It's tough. See, here's the thing. I didn't think the Draymond last shot where he was, you know, flopping around the ground and then Chris Paul got attacked and got tossed. I actually didn't think that was a foul because Draymond, to your point, went through where he jumped, and then Harden kicked his leg out, but his feet didn't come down onto Draymond's where he would have landed. So I was fine with that. I didn't think it was a foul. But I literally saw Clay do it. And twice where Harden almost rolled his ankle when he steps down. Like, you just, you can't be there. It's a foul. Because then, like, literally that's how guys get hurt. And whether Harden's doing it or not, you you can't have it. That's why these refs are supposed to be doing it play by play. It's not like one or the other. You need to look at what's going on. Who's guarding who? Who did what? Who jumped into who? Like, I feel like they let things go, but in those instances, I feel like they should have because he's – I I, I understand saw, what you're saying. I see his legs kick up. I see – A lot. He'll do know, a lot. I see the jump back. I sure. see his legs kick up. It's like how much room can you give him before the defender gets an advantage? Particularly because he clears his own space by taking two steps backwards. I'm with you. It's it. Listen, I've said for years – the NBA is without question the toughest game to officiate out of the big four, right? I mean, I think that's clear as day because it's almost all real-time judgment calls on contact and movement, and these guys are so athletic. Um, but the thing about coming down on someone's foot when you're shooting, like it changes the way that you shoot. And I don't know. What, it, what my problem with it is is I don't feel like the refs are controlling the game enough that way because I feel like we're going to see a Rockets guy now come out and do that to Steph or Clay this game, like on purpose, like well, they're, they're going to go right underneath their feet. And, and if one of those guys rolls an ankle, then all hell's going to break loose. Let's see it. I mean, let's see it, but they're not, they're also not stepping back 15 feet on their jump shots. True. I'm, I mean, I'm just they, saying they, like, they don't, they, they're going to, they're going to look at the game foot like game tape now, and they're going to see Harden coming down on people's feet and it's going to be a dirty game game too. And I'm concerned that that's going to really end up getting somebody hurt. I mean, if you, if you don't, there's, there's gotta be some defense involved. There has to be some defense involved and allow the defender to play the game. I'm with you. You just you got to give the jump shooter a place to come down. If I can jump back 20 feet and take a shot. <laughs> yeah, I, we're going to digress. I agree with you. I mean, I think that jump back shot's ridiculous. All right, let's move to the east. Let's talk about the series that Prof and I do have a dinner at Mendy's bet on. <laughs> and that's the, the Bucks and the Celtics. So the Celtics come out and wipe the floor with the Bucks in game one. They front ran. They 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 dominated that whole game. And, and I was, texted you, and I told you this was going to happen. Okay. It's a one game, just like your Portland series, right? It's one game. But it does raise some concerns now with the Bucs because that team seems to do this every year, right? And they've got a lot of pieces that contribute, and the Bucs seem to be, you know, Giannis and the boys, right? Like, if Giannis can't do it all, so... Uh, Prof, I'm going to let you go because I know you got a lot to say about the Celtics. Al Horford is a dynamic player. Al Horford is a dynamic player, and he comes to play when it's time to play. And he is defending the most dominant player in the league, just like he did with Joel Embiid last year. Is it amazing to you 
that Al Horford can shut down, or let's not, it's impossible to shut down guys like Joe and Giannis, right? But can slow down yeah. guys like Joe and Giannis. Isn't it amazing? It is to me. Frustrate them. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's what they do. He frustrates them, right? And then on the other side, he has the ability to hit three pointers. I mean, he, score inside, score from mid range. He can pass. Dude, he's such a, just and, a solid player, and, underrated player. And listen, so that's like the first aspect. If you shut down Giannis in this series, slow him down, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. If you slow him down, this series is over. Because who on the Bucks is going to take over the game? They don't have anybody of the caliber who can carry a team offensively with Giannis slowed down. Not even close. They have some nice pieces, right? They got like Middleton's a decent piece. They have some nice players. They don't have anybody that can carry the team without Giannis going. It's just, it's, it's a given. So yeah, you're right. If you can slow Giannis down enough, it's yours. The question is, can Horford do that again? Yeah, he can because he's done it. He did it against our series last year. That's all he did against Embiid was just frustrate him, get in his face, annoy him, slow him down a little bit, and that's all it takes. That's really all it takes. If you can take Giannis from a 40-point game to a 25-point game, I mean, geez, I don't, that, that's insane. George, I agree with George. I don't think he can sustain it. I, I really don't. I think Giannis is going to adjust. I think he's going to come out explosive in game two, and I think the Bucs are going to have a big game. I kind of disagree only because Giannis is – not one-dimensional, but he doesn't have the shot from well, mid and out, out of range. You're, you're right on path with me with him because I feel like the biggest flaw in his game. If I was guarding Giannis, I would, when he gets that ball at the three-point line, I would take two steps backward and just let him shoot. The guy shoots like 20% from three. Let him shoot. Just like they do to Draymond now. Have you noticed that, actually? I wanted to touch on that when we were in that series. Have you noticed what teams do to Draymond now? You watch game one. I think yeah, Draymond, they let him shoot. They let him shoot. I mean, he catches the ball out the line, and whoever's guarding him just drifts yeah. in. They just let him shoot. Well, they w- weren't able to do that three years ago. No, they weren't, but he, he's not making them. But, you know, I mean, another thing with this series is that Kyrie has definitely put his foot on the pedal. He is. so In the last, in the, in the last couple games. He has. And Kyrie, we talked about this a lot, actually, on a couple different podcasts about Kyrie. Kyrie is such an interesting figure to me because he's unstoppable. He offensively, he is ridiculous. I mean, he's still to me the best ball handler in the league, right? I, I don't think there's one better. His shot is so clutch and he knocks it down from anywhere. I mean, he goes from like the ultimate team destroyer, right? Where he tears a team apart to then all of a sudden just coming back in and carrying the team and all's well and good. They're, the Celtics are always dangerous because that, that roster's so deep and they got a guy like Kyrie who can come out any night and drop 50 on I, you. I don't know if you feel, if you know, maybe this is a bad comparison. I don't know if it is or not, but you let me know. But I feel like he kind of reminds me of Iverson a little bit in that he can get to the basket whenever he wants, but then he can also pull up and shoot from mid-range. He can, he can knock down a three. I mean, but, like, I feel like he's so diverse. He's so quick. He's so just, you know, He's one of the best ball handlers in the league. I just feel like he has that dominance, and he can really take over a game whenever he really wants to. Yeah, right? I, I think so, yeah. And and he's definitely turned it up, especially in the Pacers series. Obviously not a great team, but now we're going to see it in this next series. Yeah, it's a good comparison. I mean, size-wise, 
you can't right because Iverson was so slight and Kyrie's bigger. He's you know he's six two six three. But yeah, I agree. And and they play offense almost the same way, right? Because they they're break you down off the dribble guys and then shoot when they have to, right? Or shoot when they need to. Yeah, no, it's a good comparison. I mean, he you're right. He gets to the cup at will. I mean, I he gets there and he has that crazy the ability that Iverson had to finish those crazy shots, right? Like the circus back behind your head, throw up a layup and it goes in. He loves the clutch time. Mm-hmm. He he loves being the guy. Too. He's a killer, right? Like that he, that he loves being the guy. Yep, yep. You're right. He's and the that's guy. something that Tatum has not taken on. Well, do, but do you think that Kyrie's emergence this year on that team has hurt Tatum's development? Because I. I sort of feel like Tatum's a guy who also needs the ball a lot. As a Celtics fan, I don't care. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm being good dead serious. No, listen, I'm being dead point. serious. As a Celtics fan, which, by the way, I'm not. Right. I hate them more we than hate any, the te- any team in any professional sport. I hate the Celtics more than anyone. Cowboys, Giants, anyone. Yeah. As a Celtics fan, I really could care less because if you're not ready to be the killer, if you're not ready to to slit the throat of the other team when it's time to do so, I, I don't care. I want the guy there that can do it. It's a and good point. Kyrie is definitely the guy. Yes, it's a good point. And by the way, if Kyrie moves on next year, Tatum's going to have plenty of time to try and take over that role, right? So I'm with you. I, I, I hate the Celtics. I hate to see him winning. I, I'm still riding the box. I think Giannis can turn that ship around. I think he's such a great player. I, I mean, specimen, freak, everything you want to say about him. So I I'm still gonna ride the Bucks on a dinner at Mendy's. I'm gonna owe you two dinner at Mendy's if. Uh, yeah, what did I win the first one? I forget. What did we have on that? We can go back and look. Maybe football. More than the Mets. George asked if you hate you hate the Celtics more than the Mets. Yeah, more than the Mets. There's a couple Mets players that I really do hate, though. There's a couple Mets players that are like my all-time most hated. Yeah, I, I, I we should do a we should do a segment on that. Like most all-time, we will most hated, hated players, players against the in Philadelphia. Sports. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's a good segment. I actually. Uh, Prof and I were talking about that, uh, like off air, and uh, we were talking about the Bruins. Like, um, I'm so sick of Boston, and I mean, I love Barstool, but I'm sick of Portnoy just on there gloating about Boston. Like, I can't have the Bruins or the Celtics win a goddamn championship. Like, I, I can't have it. Yeah, everything started with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, where like the the hate for Boston started rolling, because every <laughs> listen, every movie, what? listen, every movie after them. Every movie started going like everything was a Boston movie. Everything was based out of Boston. Everything, you know, and then all then all of a sudden the Red Sox start winning. Okay. All of a sudden the Bruins start winning. The Patriots are winning. Like okay. it's like everything okay. added up at once. Okay. So over the last two decades, movies, sports, it's all out of everything Boston. Just shifting to Boston. Media shifting out to Boston. Media, yeah, yeah. I mean it is. Okay. All right, all right. So last series we got the cover here. In the NBA playoffs, of course, the one that hits home, Sixers-Raptors. Uh, Raptors came out and really put it on the Sixers in game one. Sixers turned around and really put it on them in game two. End up uh, co- did, did they? Yeah, they, they front-ran. and the Ra- they, they front-ran, but then they well, gave it up. But they didn't, though. They took every Raptors push, and they ended up winning the game by five. I get it. It was they, a little I mean, bit scary. It was, but they, they didn't give up the lead, right? It's not like they let them tie. They never gave up the lead. So that actually showed me something about that game. I, watching that game down the stretch – the Raptors were pressing, the Raptors were pressing, the Raptors were pressing. The Sixers not only did not give up the lead, they never even let them tie. They, they, no matter what the Raptors did, they stayed on top there. And that showed me some toughness in that team. Uh, and the other thing that I liked about that game two versus game one, what I've seen the Sixers do all year, and it drives me crazy, is give up massive amount of points in the first quarter. Are you with me on that, Prof? Like, the Sixers will come out and give a team 40 in the first quarter. They'll score 41, but then give a team oh, yeah. 40. And you're like, guys, 
can we play a little bit of defense in the first quarter? I know you guys can play defense, but they just they don't want to do it when they come out. Last, but last night they didn't do that. No, and that's my point. If they come out in the first quarter and play defense from the get-go, I think they have this series because I think top to bottom they're a better roster. The only problem is the guy we're going to talk about right after this. He is just – he is a big problem. He's a big freaking problem, man. Kawhi is so good. He's such a problem. But we did solve the second piece of the puzzle, or at least their second best option. We're yeah. close to solving it, or we can slow it down. And that was the defense on Siakam. Yes. That was a big deal. Yes. Right? Yes. I mean, obviously, we know Kawhi is going to get his. But we, we saw that the change. Thanks, nice to hear it. We saw the change that Brett Brown made, right? That's an important thing because. All this, the entire season, we've been talking about Brett Brown is not, and his the, not the coach. Yep. And, you know, he doesn't make adjustments and this and that. And, you know, and now with the bench being as thin as it is, he did make that adjustment. And hopefully that carries into game three. We'll see if it happens. Another aspect of that was when we talk about killers and we talk about guys that love the spotlight and guys that want to be there, we, we need to talk about Jimmy Butler. Yes, we do. And so. Jimmy Butler, he has that killer in him, doesn't he? He's got that late game, stick that knife in you and turn it and put you away. And on this team, it's sort of important because I don't want to get into the hate for Ben. I actually have a whole dissertation written up about Ben Simmons in the city that I want to go over uh, after this series or after this playoff series. I really want to talk about Ben Simmons a lot. Um, one thing that really pissed me off, and I was tired of hearing it after game one, if you notice that every time the Sixers lose a game, it's solely because Ben Simmons can't shoot. No, I've heard it's more Brett Brown's fault. I hear, I just hear it's all because of Ben, because Ben won't take a jump shot, and I'm, I'm getting tired of it. I'm getting tired of hearing it, and I'm going to let everybody know how I feel about it uh, once the season's over, because I, I want to talk about it. But you take a guy like Ben, and then you have a guy like Joe who – as a big man, can't always ball handle and have the ball in his hands and can be ball denied late in the game. It really puts the onus on having a killer, and Jimmy's that guy. Um, for Joe, you can't have diarrhea in that game, right? <laughs> for, like you have to find a way to not have diarrhea, right? For, for Joe, I mean, he is a physical marvel, and yet there's always something oddly physically wrong with him, right? Yeah, like it, it's. It's an orbital bone. It's diarrhea. It like it's conditioning. I, I mean, I love Joe. Don't get me wrong, but like, I'd be interested to see where he went out to eat the, the night before. That's <laughs> no, all. Hopefully, I'm not saying. Mendy's. Well, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> no. So, what do you do? You think? All right. So we're tied at one, right? So the Sixers won a huge game two in Toronto. I, either way, I think it's going to be a long series, right? Because I think the teams are pretty evenly matched. Yeah. Do you think the Sixers can pull this out? Yeah, I think we figured some things out here. I think that you can contain Kawhi enough. He's going to go off. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's going to get he's going to get twenty five to forty yeah, points every single wants. every single game, right? But I think we figured it out enough so that we can kind of contain the others. Even Kyle Lowry was hitting shots last night. By the way, did you see his, the, at the end of the game what he tried to do? No, I, I might have missed it. Or maybe I did, or I'm not So at the end of the game, Kyle Lowry, the last possession, tries to take the ball, dribble around, and go through, throw the ball through Tobias Harris's legs. Really? 
You didn't see that on Twitter. I, I, I must have so, missed it. Yeah, I don't know if it was accidental, if the ball was slipping out of his hands and he just kind of threw it that way, but it looked like he was trying to dribble drive through his legs, come back out the other side, take the ball, I swear. I, I didn't. You have, ca- to, you have to send me this. On Listen, Twitter. I didn't catch it on the first go round either. Okay, but it's all on Twitter. But um, yeah, I really think that we've found out enough things about the Raptors, and this is what we have seen in the rest of their team for the last couple of years. Right, is that they do struggle in the playoffs when it comes to the, that those pressure situations. They struggle. Kawhi is not going to be that guy. We know that. But but Kyle Lowry can, is a guy that will struggle. Right. If we can take away you know, enough points from Kawhi, maybe the other team, the other part of the team has enough pressure on them to struggle. And is Kyle Lowry, the least clutch player ever. And I, you hate to hear it, right? Mm-hmm. Cause he's a Nova kid, but like, I mean, his playoff numbers are just almost pathetic. And it, it's, it's not just, it's not just a reoccurring theme. Cause we want to talk about it. It is because it is like, I don't even know what he had last night, but you know, I know, Coming into this game, it wasn't looking yeah, very well. It's been very, very poor. All right, let's let's get into what we wanted to talk about from the beginning, um, and that is, so after game one, your boy Swags went to social media, and I had to put this out there that I think Kawhi Leonard is the best player in the NBA. About myself, I just can't give you a whole spiel. I don't even know where you're sitting at. <laughs> <laughs> So that's our boy Kawhi. And Prof took exception to this. Prof took big exception to this, and he fired back that it's Kevin Durant. So we had to talk about this, obviously, on air. And for me, I said this at the beginning of last year. I said my three best players in the league were, in this order, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard. That was my top three. And with LeBron obviously having the health issues this year, and I, I mentioned this, it looks like father time. I don't think LeBron's done by any sense of the mean, right? But it's not father time. Father it's, time. It's father. Pretty, my team sucks. That too. And father, I'm in LA, right? A lot of things catching up with LeBron this year. So I'm pulling him back for, for the season. Now you got Durant and Kawhi left. And I look at what Kawhi did all year. I'll give you guys the numbers for the two. So basic comparison Kawhi's 27. KD's 30. By the way, uh, Kevin Durant has my birthday, September 29th. Uh, so, obviously, he's born to be a star. Um, and I want to say, by the way, just so we're clear here, Prof is a huge Kawhi fan, and I'm a huge KD fan. When we make these arguments here, we're not slighting either either guy, right? We're just kind of saying why we think this guy can get over it. When you're, when you're arguing about 1-2, right, it's hard to do. Um, so... They have Kawhi listed at 6'7". They have Durant listed at 6'9". Uh, their numbers for this season... Kawhi- Which is wrong. Well, yeah, because Durant's 7'4", right? No, Durant is at least 6'11". They have him at 6'9", is where he's listed. But, but, no, uh, Wikipedia Prof, does. Prof had him at 6'7'4". Uh, uh, so Kawhi, 26.5 points a game this year, 7.5 rebounds, 3.5 assists. KD, 26 points even, 6.5 boards, 6 assists. So their numbers are pretty comparable this year. Um, Durant, a little two and a half more assists. Kawhi, one more rebound. Kawhi, half a point more. Can we stop? Can we stop with the stats right pretty, now? Pretty, pretty comparable. I'm just, put, I'm just laying, the, well, laying the groundwork. No, let's just stop with the stats right now, and let's talk about what has gone on the last week or two weeks, right? Let's look at what Kevin Durant has done 
in the playoffs when it comes time to be in the playoffs. Obviously, the Warriors knew from Jump Street, we're going to the finals. We are definitely going to the playoffs, right? So when it comes time to be in the playoffs, he's the one that steps up. He's the one. And you look at that cast of characters, and to be the best guy out of that entire cast of characters, when you have guys like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Green, when you're the best guy, when you're the go-to guy, you're the guy that puts the game away, even with the rest of those guys there on your own team, that says something. Okay, so, so be the best player on a team with Steph Curry on it. All right, so a couple things first. He was the best guy before he got there. He was, but I'm just saying. And he's still the best guy that's because what, he got there. That's what I'm saying. He's, the, he, he's still the best guy, but, but people are saying – He's not the guy who puts the game away all the time. Steph put away game one against the Warriors or against the Rockets. Just putting that out there. He, Kevin Durant had what, how do you fifty points? Right, he, you said the guy who puts the game away. He had fifty points. Steph put the game away. What with with like with how the, many points did he have? Twenty five. He had twenty five points. He had that that three that Kevin ended that game. Kevin Durant is the best offensive player in the league. Okay. Uh, so do you, you without right. question, he doesn't miss shots. He's unguardable. Okay, he's so, not six nine. He's so six George, eleven. George is a good straight man. I was just about, so you think that KD is a better offensive player than James Harden? Yes, yes, I do. Why? Because he's seven feet tall. Seven four. He's at least seven nine. He's unguardable. <laughs> All right, so I actually agree with you here. I do think Kevin Durant is the best offensive player in the league because of what you said. Because he can get his jump shot off pretty much whenever he wants. But right? he doesn't miss. Shots. He well, he, he misses shots. shots. He shoots. He shoots a great percentage. He's to me. For me, yes, I agree. I think he's the best offensive player in the league. I think it's close with him and Harden, uh, but I I do think that Durant is the best offensive player in the league. Yes, without question. And you don't see that throughout the year because there's no need for him to show you that throughout the year. You saw more of that on OKC because he needed to show you that. Well, and those were his scoring years, right? I mean, he went to Golden State specifically to win championships, right? That we, I mean, that's not even a question. My because point is he on, lost game seven against them and then went to them. Those were when he was winning, winning scoring titles. So he obviously knew going there. Like, you, there's only so many points to go around on Golden State, right? If he wanted to average what James Harden averaged this year, he could. The fact is, he Probably. needs to move the ball around. The, all, all those guys need to eat, right? They're... They, when you have a super team, everybody wants the ball. Everybody needs to eat. You have to be a team player to win championships, right? That's what he did this year. So the argument against Durant also is that he went to a super team, right? He, he did. So when we talk about but, moving but, away from stats, Kevin Durant has two championships, zero without the Warriors. Kawhi Leonard has a championship as the best team, best player on his team with the Spurs over LeBron James. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who else was on that team? I mean, we can pull who, up the who, who else was on that Kawhi team? Kawhi Leonard was the best player on that team. Who else was on the team? We have to pull up the roster. They have a couple of Hall of Famers on that team. Sure. None of them. Maybe even, three. None of them close to their prime. Maybe three. Maybe. This was none this, of them is, this is going back a long time. It was like five, six years ago. Uh, I think it was four years ago. Four or five years ago. It was right before the Warriors started their run. Like, we forget that Kawhi played with these Hall of Fame players and had the best coach of all time. Oh, now he's the best coach of all time. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> top five. Okay. All right. So. Top three, top, and then on top of that fact, we forget that he sat out because he was so upset last year. People get all upset. He because, was hurt. Listen, 
Stop. He was hurt. Stop. People get all upset because Kevin Durant wanted to get out and wanted to go to a super team. And it's like, oh, he's a, he's a bitch now because he wanted to go to a team just to win championships. Well, we forget that Kawhi sat out an entire he was hurt. season he was last hurt. year. An entire season. He was hurt, man. And demanded a trade. But, so he could have demanded a trade to the, to the Bobcats that aren't in existence anymore. <laughs> but he could have demanded a trade to any team. But who did he go to? Oh, he went to the number one seed in the East last actually, year. Actually, that's sorry. Right, so I got to stop you there. So he, he didn't actually demand a trade to a team. Stop. He, he demanded did, he, a trade. Not to a specific team, right. but he, he, he wanted to get out. He couldn't, out. Really, he couldn't really decide where he was going to go. Right. So who the best ha- deal they got back was because Toronto wanted him. And obviously, we talked about this move for them to start the year. They took a risk, right? Because Kawhi's contract expires at the end of the season. So he can walk. And the risk they took was giving up the Rosen and that team they had locked down for the next couple of years for Kawhi. Just a quick sidebar before we get back into our debate. Have you heard the rumblings since they're playing Kawhi now and he's obviously going off in the series already and has all year about that? Remember that Ben Simmons had to be in a trade to get him? Do you remember that? If when the Spurs had him, when we were trying to trade for Kawhi and they said it had to be Ben and we wouldn't do it? Yes, and the answer is no. Correct. It is still no. It is still no. It will always be no. It was always no. Because who's defending him? Ben. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So Ben's going to be, in the next year or two, the best defensive player. The best player defensive in player in the league, yes. He, I mean, he's already a finished product on defense, and he's 24. Right. right? Like, I mean, he, he's already there. Right. So, yeah, totally agree with you. And everybody that's listening and calls in a 97.5 and says you should have traded Ben for Kawhi. Stupid. Yeah, eat it. Don't do it. Uh, so, but... So he gets traded to Toronto, and they took that risk. But, but but why does he get a pass for doing that? He and, Kevin, and Kevin Durant gets gets completely okay, crucified so it's not, for going to a super here, team. Here's why. I don't crucify Durant for doing that specifically. I brought it up to poke the bear, but I don't care that Durant did it, honestly. I kind of didn't want him to do it because I, was, I am a Durant fan as a player. I'm on record way back in the day. You know why he did that, right? What, went to Golden State? Yes. Yeah, to win championships. To win championships, why? Because who else did that before him? Oh, everybody. No. LeBron. Exactly. That, Kevin, you know Kevin that. Garnett. No, they you all did it. No, you answered it with the first. So Kevin Durant has a thing with his legacy. He wants to be known as one of the best players of all time. He knows championships is a big part of that. But he also knows that LeBron went to start racking championships with Miami. That's what he's doing. And now what he's going to do next year when he goes to New York, because that's where he's going to go. So you think, so you are, you think he's going to follow the LeBron model in that he got his championships racked He in, needs to rack. And now he's got to go get his own. Yes. That's what he's going to do. Fair point. I actually agree with you there. I agree with you. However, that's why he gets criticized because he went to a team that didn't even need him to win championships. Yeah, but we low key, like let him go. We let Kawhi go. Because he went to the for, East. For me to tell you about myself, like, I just can't give you a whole spill. I don't even know where you're sitting at. Uh, <laughs> we, we let him go. We let him go. And I know he didn't choose the Raptors specifically, but there was right. a very finite number of teams that had the capacity to trade for him. They happened to be one of them, and they made a, they made a risky decision. It might pay out. Might we don't even out. know. Well, we're, we're we don't know. Watching it. We're in the midst Listen, of watching it. We'll know in the next week. Right. But you know what? It might not. And then he's gone. 
and then we, they're well, back we, to nothing. And right. then Drake's sitting there crying in his hands. Yeah, unless he stays, which we'll, we'll have to analyze more in the offseason. So it's true. So let's talk about why I think Kawhi is a better player right now than Durant. And it has to do with a couple factors. The first, obviously, is the way that Kawhi's playing. And I think from watching Kawhi quite a bit this year and last year, I think he's the best on-ball defender I've ever seen. And that says a lot to me because I hold Kobe in such a high regard, and I thought he was the best on-ball defender I'd ever seen. I think Kawhi Leonard's the best on-ball Michael defender Jordan was I've ever Kobe. seen. No, he wasn't. Kobe was a better on-ball defender than Mike, for sure. Uh, Mike had better pursuit. He was better in passing lanes. Kobe was a better on-ball defender. I'll, we, I'll, we, I'll argue we're, in a, we're in a different era of basketball. We are. However, however... When you compare the players, Kevin Durant is basically an average defensive player for his size. And that bugs me a lot with him. Um, Kawhi is a game-changing defensive player in the fact that every single player in the league, including Durant, there's a part of me that wants to see the Warriors and the Spurs, or in the, the Raptors go out, this is like a Mackney Stone Spurs, and the Raptors go out of this year in the finals if they somehow sneak past the Sixers, because I want to see Kawhi guard Durant. And I'll sh- like Kawhi can bother anybody, including Durant. That's true. And, and, but, you know, I think there's too much emphasis that you and the others that have told me that Kawhi is better than Kevin Durant, there's too much emphasis placed on defense. Look at, look at, and here's the, here's the simple fact. I've listened to a, a ton of a ton of stuff this week, ton of podcasts, ton of TV, ton of ton of radio, everything. And w- how did all this conversation start? So Steve Kerr comes out and says Kevin Durant is the best player in the world. He's this, he's that, he does this, he does that, and you know that sparked a debate within the media. So on every show, every radio, TV, podcast, everything, they've talked about is Kevin Durant the best player in the world. You know how I know that Kawhi is not the best player in the world? Because he's not even been mentioned on any of the TV shows, any of the radio shows, any of the podcasts that I've listened to. Not one. Not one. And it's been a lot. It's been Kevin Durant, Giannis, James Harden. Those are the three people that they're talking about. The fact that he's such a great defender, I get. It's very valuable. It's very important. But... He's still not in that upper echelon. And why I think that is because it comes down to specific moments. You can look at different stats. You can look at defensive metrics. You could look at all that stuff, assists, rebounds. What it comes down to is in the moment, who do you want to take the shot? Who do you want to have the ball? Who do you want with the game on the line? And the fact of the matter is, that's Kevin Durant, and that's not Kawhi Leonard yet. I know he's won a championship. I know he was the finals MVP. I get it, but there was other Hall of Famers around him there. I just say over the last five years plus, that guy's been Kevin Durant way more so than Kawhi Leonard, who sat out all of last year, who wanted to get out of there, who went to the number one seed. Like We keep just letting him slide on that stuff. But we look at Kevin Durant and say, oh, he went to the best team in the world ever of all time. But you know what? He's still the guy. Okay. So you made points, a bunch of valid points. I want to talk about some of them. So I'm gonna, I want to sort of squirt away from your last five years only because what I was saying is this year. right? I, I, I acknowledge that last year it went Braun, Durant, Kawhi to end the season. 
And this year I got Kawhi, Durant, Braun. I don't have won the finals MVP last year. I don't have who? Durant. Yeah, I'm second last year. Right. Braun, Durant, Kawhi. You okay. disagree with that? You think Durant was a better player than LeBron last year? I mean, LeBron carried the Cavaliers. No, in yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So this year, I have Kawhi above him because of what he's, Kawhi's doing and what Durant, is happening to Durant. Durant's got the most texts ever in the history of Kevin Durant, right? His highest tech season ever. There's something going on with the people criticizing him about next season, about Draymond, about, the, about Kerr, about the whole dynamic there that has Durant a little off kilter, and he has been all year, and he's a loose cannon. Like, people are getting into his head. He, he's, he's been get toable this year. Like, I've never seen him been able to be gotten to before. I get what you're saying about best offensive player, and I actually am not surprised that none of the national pundits would have Kawhi in when they would have Giannis Dude, and Harden me, in there. Because, let me tell you, when because, I say when I say nobody, I've listened to Zach Lowe, I've listened to Rosillo, I've listened to Simmons, I've listened to Gottlieb, I've listened like all but the you guys. Know, you know who did have Kawhi in there? The best in the business, Jack, Stephen A. Smith. Jack McGuigan. Well, yeah, of course. Of course <laughs> I did. But the best in the business, when he asked if Durant was the best player, the next person he mentioned was Kawhi. And that's the man himself, Stephen A., because he knows. Let me tell you something. And here's the other part. Let me be very, very clear. <laughs> if you, you pontificating. So he, here's the thing. He's an idiot, by the way. I, dude, Stephen A. is the best in the business. So. You and well, you you know how high Harvard Silo, so that that's a given. So with Kawhi this season versus Durant, if 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 you were sparking an like a, a controversial topic in the media, obviously the reason that Durant's up there with them and they're bringing other guys in is because to try and direct invalidate Durant, you have to go against guys offensively, right? And since Harden and Giannis are your MVP candidates. And Kawhi's Kawhi doesn't say anything. He sits in a corner and just does his thing. He never gets brought up in these debates. He's never brought out into the limelight as could he be the guy. But when you listen to that's what happens when you play sixty games throughout the regular season. When you listen to basketball circles, like you know who I heard? I actually want to bring this up. You know who I heard ask if Kawhi Leonard was the best player in the NBA right here in this city? Someone whose basketball knowledge I truly respect, D. Lineham, was talking about this on the radio. After game one, really breaking down the fact is, is Kawhi the best player stop, in the NBA? Stop. You're talking about a Philadelphia media person on an overreaction of game one after he torches them for 45 but points. do you not— That's the thing, and that's exactly what I said to you. Do you not respect D-Linem's NBA opinion? I mean, I get it, but it's also an overreaction. People in this city, and you in particular, like I told you that night after they lost, it was an overreaction. To say that he's the best player in the league based on one game is ridiculous. But I, I didn't. I just think that he – here's the thing about when you become the best player. You need a coming out party, right? Every player has it. You need a coming out party. And this is his coming out parties, plural, has been this year. Why do we act like he's never been in the playoffs? He has been in the playoffs, but he's constantly overshadowed by – other players, other situations, and now he's not. Well, let's see what he does this year because this is a huge year for him because this is his team. This is all on him. Not like the Spurs haven't been in the past, 
but he hasn't he hasn't been able to get over, get over the hump with the Warriors. I mean, I'm just saying. I don't even know you're saying playing that. this because you know I'm right. <laughs> uh, the reason I keep playing this clip, there there is a reason I keep playing this clip. The line I'm overreacted, and so did you, the, and so did everybody else. The reason I keep playing this clip is because this is the only media you ever hear from him, and that's one of the reasons why he doesn't get mentioned on your TV shows. Who cares? Because he's not the rant out in front of the media every freaking day with a microphone in his face, and he's not hardened. Complaining about the referees after every game. He's not Giannis in a ton of TV commercials. That's the reason he doesn't get talked about. That's why I keep playing this clip. Because this is the only goddamn clip you can find him talking to the media. What does that have to do with him as a basketball player? That's my. You're making my point. I don't need the glitz and the glamour. What I need is a guy who can go out, get me a bucket, and who's going to guard the best player no, on the no, other team we're, we're and shut listen, him down. We're talking the about the best player in the league right now. In one game is Kawhi Leonard, the most feared player we're in not the league talking, is Kawhi Leonard. We're not talking about apples and oranges, though, right? We're talking about comparing. Like, obviously, everyone knows what a stud he is. Everybody. Like, I'm not saying that he's not. The fact is, like, to say he's the best in the world, though, it's not true. It it's is, not it, true because in— It's there. Because, you, you're, on you're, a team, because on a team comprised of Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Giannis, and pick a pick whoever Jokic or pick Embiid, whoever you want. Just com- put a team together. Who's taking the last shot on that team? Who cares? That's not even a thing. That is that, that is a co- thing. Put those guys together. That doesn't make any sense. I'm saying who's taking the last shot? Who, if you, who cares? If you who's the, guarding the best player on the other team on that team? I'm saying you, you can put. I mean, I, I, that, 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 you're, you can you can put. Kawhi Leonard on Durant, and he's going to make that shot. Yeah, and and Kawhi Leonard would make the last shot over Durant too. But by, by the way, I don't know if he makes that last shot with Kawhi guarding him. That's the point. He absolutely does because he's unguardable. No, he, he is close to unguardable, except for Kawhi Leonard. Dude, I'm and just and telling you. here's the here's the thing, you. <laughs> Who takes the last shot if that's the team? Dude, being the best player in the league doesn't mean you take the last shot. Because I got news for you. LeBron fucking James didn't take the last shot when the Cavs won the, the goddamn championship. And he was goddamn well the best player in the world when they won it. Well, he is, and he was super heavily criticized about but that. But he didn't take the last shot. And he was still the best player in the world without taking the last so shot. So wouldn't you want the best player in the world to take the shot? But he didn't. Right. And he was still the best player and in the world. that's why he was super criticized. But he that. was still the best player in the world. And that's why Ky- so Kyrie don't have to has be, the killer instinct. You don't have to be the to have to take the last shot to be the best player in the world. I really think you do. Well, then LeBron James hasn't been the best player in the world the last 10 years is what you're saying. No, because on that Cavs team, he did when Kyrie was gone. But th- but he didn't many times, and he didn't in Miami. I know, and that's and why he, he was criticized until that point. He was criticized, but he was still the best player in the world, yes or no? I mean, there was debate about Steph those two years when he won the MVPs. But LeBron was the best player in the world. So you got, there you go. I mean, there's no right answer here, right? We're obviously just going to debate about it. But I, I, for me, so we, and we'll, we'll move off this because we've been talking about it for a while. But for me, just saying that who would you rather have take the last shot? I'd rather have Steph Curry take the last shot than Kevin Durant only because I love to see it. <laughs> I, I just disagree. <laughs> because he's, I, just, I still love Steph, by the way. I, I texted that we were watching the game. How awesome is it to watch Steph, dude? Like, I, I, just, I still love watching him. It doesn't get old for me. Watching no, the little guy dribble around and throw up a shot, and like it, it just, it'll never get old. I think there's fatigue there, though, too. 
What's that? There's, there is there is national. There's yeah. there's mouth guard fatigue. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. And there's pointing fatigue and there's shimmy fatigue. And it's it's way easy to do that with with the squad that they have. I get it. It's easy to do it's that. It's easy to hate. The, like so, we're gonna see we're gonna see a lot next year once some things move out. Yes. Um, you know what they where, where they fall because we we know what he can do, and obviously I'm not taking anything away from him because he done it with he was the guy without Durant yes he was the guy without uh Cousins I mean obviously we know what he can do but we're gonna see how everything falls back into place once Durant's gone Cousins gone like all that stuff yeah this is gonna be this is gonna be and Draymond is no longer an an elite player I don't even think he is elite now that's no no he's definitely not but you know at (laughs) a certain point he was close yes yes well I wanted to talk about the draft, but we kind of ran long here. I think um, I think that's pretty much all I got. One thing I wanted to ask you, Prof, before we went to the wayside. So a certain movie came out last Thursday. What, Game of Thrones? No, well, no, no, no. We're not, I, I already decided we can't talk Game of Thrones Why? until the season's over because, you know, spoiler alerts. Oh, come on, man. Can't do it. People are going to get mad. But a certain movie came out last Thursday, and it's the last of the whole first Marvel universe, and that's Endgame. And I know you are super anti these movies, but I've heard it's amazing. I haven't seen it yet. Are you going to say it? You're going to say it, aren't you? No. You're not going to say it? You're lying. You're, you're going to say it. I'm not going to say it. You're not going to say it at I all? I still haven't seen the last one. You Wait a minute. You haven't watched Infinity War? No, I told you that. Are you fucking kidding me? I still haven't seen... Bro. I stopped watching Bro. them because they're the same movie all the time. Bro. You, you, you're seriously not going to go say it? No. I can't wait. I, I, I can't wait to go see it. Um, I'm pumped up. I've heard it's amazing. Well, just go on Shady McCoy's Twitter, and you can see it. <laughs> yeah, I already wrote out the ending. What is up with him? Like, why, why would you do that? What's wrong with that guy? I don't know. I guess he just didn't feel that it was as important as a lot of other things. I guess not. I, I, you know. Dude, I'm not going to see it because I haven't seen the other ones. Maybe someday I'll see it. Maybe like when my kid gets older, I'll look at it and like watch it and have fun with it. But like I really I literally do not care about it at all. Dude, you know that Infinity Wars on Netflix right now. That movie's amazing. I'll I'll should I watch it? Yes. You should. It's really good. I might fall asleep two or three times. Uh, yeah, well, I always do that. It take it, that movie's long, so like I'll get to like the I know that's mark. the thing. It's like oh my god. Then might come back the next night. Robert right? Downey Jr. talking again. <laughs> oh my god, he's make a uh, witty quip. That's funny. Halt said you thought the first hour, first hour and a half were boring. Well, it's long, right? Halt, it's well over three hours, isn't it? It's a long movie. I mean, they got a lot of story to tell. Right? Dwayne Haskins, Halt. Yeah, we got we had to talk about the draft. I, I had a lot I want to talk about with the draft, but we we, we might have that. a draft pod this weekend if yeah, we can get into we're it. We're gonna have to. I had a lot I want to talk about with the draft. Grade of the Eagles draft, just real quick. No other comments. Just give a grade. C. Woo! What? Really? Wasn't happy with it. Oh wow! You're a defensive guy. That's why. Yep. Wow. Yep. That's very sad. Yep. I give them an A minus. A minus. Now we have to have a draft. We have to have a draft pod. Listen, the Stanford kid is way better than you guys know. We'll see. We'll find out. Hey, thanks everybody for popping in to the stream. Again, sorry about the YouTube situation. I'm working on it. I really am. I want to get this restreamed for everybody so that we're going live on both Facebook and YouTube. I will get it worked out. I know Ross is going to help me. Ricky says B minus. We are going to do a draft special podcast, hopefully maybe this weekend if we can find some time because I got a lot that I want to talk about. I know Prof does. Um, 
We'll have more NBA to talk about. We still got baseball to talk about. There's a ton to talk about. There's always a ton to talk about. This is a great time of year for sports. Uh, while the playoffs are going on, we didn't even touch on hockey. Baseball started. We didn't even touch on hockey. I don't think we're going to. Well, there was, there was a couple things I wanted to say about hockey and the NHL, but it wouldn't take too long, to be honest with you. Uh, but that's it, guys. We're going to shut it down. Appreciate everybody hanging in. I'll make sure we notify everybody on our social media platforms when we're going to do our draft pod. But don't forget, if you want to get replays of the drafts or, or the pods and be in on the live pods once we get them going on YouTube, make sure you get on our YouTube channel. Click that subscribe button. When the videos are out, leave a thumbs up. It helps us out. It's kind of important. And if you like the audio only, we are on the iTunes podcast application, of course. Name's right here. Kevin Durant wins tonight. Game-winning shot. Oh, I, cut, I got rid of the Kawhi clip. I would have played it again. Uh, <laughs> see you. Peace. Let's talk about.